You may have heard about the recent Best of the Best event hosted by State Current and Cincinnati Children's Hospital on April 8th, 2022. We got the best of the best from all over the world coming today to see who really is the best in pediatric surgery. Selected presentations from pediatric surgical societies, including PAPS, CAPS, IPEG, APSA, and UPSA, competed in a head-to-head -head event for the overall title of Best of the Best in Pediatric Surgery. But such incredible research is presented in all over the corners of the earth. So this is the place to come where we can finally see all of the best stuff. We're having a fun time doing it, but really the purpose is so that we can share ideas all over the world and not be living in silos. This novel event included presentations, expert discussion, and a few last minute punches to determine the true best of the best. The finalists certainly came out swinging. Let's see what UPS's finalists brought into the ring with a presentation by Maya Justin and Joyce Manibakia. So next up, we have Dr. Maya Justin and Dr. Joyce Manibakia from the Netherlands, and we're going to see their presentation on training of the steps of the transanal and the rectal pull-through on a take-home simulation model. Afterwards, we'll hear from Dr. Simon Eaton from UCL Gray Ormond Street Institute of Child Health. Um, so let's take it away with that presentation. The transanal endorectal pull-through, or third procedure, is a common surgical procedure in the treatment of Hirschsprung's disease. The TURP consists of several component steps that require a structured approach. Sufficient training is needed to acquire the skills to perform this procedure. However, given the relatively rare nature of Hirschsprung's disease, this can be challenging. Our aim was to evaluate the use of a low-cost model for the training of the TURP procedure. A low-cost, three-dimensional model was developed. A reusable wooden frame serves as its base. The perineal body consists of a sponge. A silicone top layer mimics the skin. And a multi-layer balloon design simulates the different layers of the rectum and mesorectum. Participants were recruited during the pediatric colorectal surgery course in 2020 and 2021. Participants were invited to use the model to practice the different steps of the TURP procedure systematically, as seen in this instructional poster. From placing traction sutures, to performing the anastomosis itself. Both expert pediatric surgeons, experts and residents and fellows, the target group, were asked to complete questionnaire rating the realism, didactic value of the model and the use in a hands-on workshop using a five-point Likert scale. There were altogether 18 participants, two experts and 16 participants in the target group. The model scored well on haptics, visual aspects and realism, with a median score of 4, and with a median score of 4.5, the model scored even higher as a good tool to train the component steps of the TURP procedure. Participants regarded training on the model as a valuable use of time. The model was not only considered to be a useful exercise during the workshop with a median score of 5, but also regarded to be suitable for repetitive practice at home after the workshop. In conclusion, participants regarded 
this reusable take-home TURG model as a potent training tool for the component steps of the TURG procedure and as a suitable model for preclinical workshops and repetitive practice at home. Enjoy your training! So um, this is a very interesting paper and obviously simulation is an important part of pediatric surgical training now. Um, but sometimes this is difficult because of the, um, the inaccessibility of the training rigs. Um, however, this is clearly a bit of a game changer in that you can take it home, um, which makes it accessible to not only to trainee pediatric surgeons, but also um, to other countries around the world that may not have access to these simulatory tools. Um, so I'm going to ask some quick fire questions here. Ultimately, obviously the success of this in terms of training is only success, it's only a success if it actually improves people's experience when they get into theatre and when they actually operate on real life Hirschsprung's patients. Do you have any feedback on whether people actually who had been on the trainer actually found it useful when they were actually operating on a patient? Well, thank you for these very lovely compliments. Um, that that is the next step indeed, because for this model, as of yet, we haven't yet transferred it to the um, to the clinical setting in the sense that we've developed a, a form or critical assessment form where you can extrapolate your advances made on the model to uh, evaluating your functioning in the operating theater. So even though we have asked people how confident they feel going forward, having had this training, that is the next step using a critical assessment form to actually see how it improves people's operative functioning and also uh, operative confidence. And, and what was the feedback? I, I saw that you had two experts who had uh, used this at your, your um, training course. Was there some specific feedback from the two experts as to um, what, um, how, um, what the fidelity was like in the model? Well, we have since elaborated um, our study so that we've included more exp uh, experts. So currently I have five experts where the main feedback is that the um, just the suitability of the training for the training of the different steps of the procedure, that that's the true um, uh, strength that this model has, that it's a good tool to train the component steps. So that's the most heard feedback, mainly from the experts. And um, a, a question regarding this is that, can you train too much on this? I mean, if, you, if you're so expert on this particular setup, does that mean that actually when faced with a, a real procedure, you're expecting something that's quite different in terms of haptic feedback, et cetera, et cetera? And actually it is a point at which you've trained too much? Well, I don't know whether you can train too much, but I do think it is important to acknowledge that there are some things such as the, the section of the, um, the, the true dissection that just the haptic feedback, yes, that you will need that uh, operative experience as well. But for the training of the component steps, just to have those internalized that, so you don't have to go through that part of um, learning a procedure in the patient themselves. I think that that's the true um, um, additive value of this model. And in, in the model, is, the way, is there a way you can evaluate the performance of the person doing it? 
Yes, so that's what I was just referring to there, the the critical assessment, so the the assessment form. So where you look at the effectivity of each step that you do, the sequence of what you do, how efficient you are in your movement, Um, where my colleague Maya Yosa, previously in in another anorectal um, um, model, also evaluated it looking at the um, also the efficiency of the movements and for uh, your own assessment, so self-assessment, but also through peer assessment as well. Okay, so and that's the step of the study then. So um, I don't know if I can see, uh, Dr. Bakia, you can't see the, the chatter, but the, the chat is, is, is lighting up um, with a huge number of comments. Everyone wants one of these. Uh, we finally have a link to get it. Um, this is fantastic. I already, this is why we're doing this. I mean, I couldn't make the UPSA meeting. These are so far, two huge game-changing papers that half of the world didn't see and now can see. So thank you for presenting that.